As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello everybody and welcome to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast Wednesday edition presented by Visa Actually I think the whole thing is presented by Visa, not just the Wednesday part Uh, We're here to help you figure stuff out With two of the best minds in fantasy football, Brandon Marianne Lee is here Let's do it. We're heading into week three. We got two whole games to look at. Christopher J. Vaccaro is here. Yeah, you just made up a middle initial for me, buddy. Yeah, I did, actually. What the hell was that? (laughs) It's T, by the way, not J, but I mean, that's just another weird Nando thing. All right, Christopher J. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know where to go from that, honestly. All right. How you doing? I'm doing yeah. great. Everyone good? Doing great. Good? Yeah. Great? Jay is All a right. good guess, though. I would have to say, if I had, <laughs> if I had no idea what someone's middle name is, I would definitely go with Jay. So James, John, something like that. Not not bad, but That's definitely true. not correct. Yeah. Okay. Definitely not correct. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about on the show today. Uh, we're going to go Zach Moss, a little Carson Wentz, a little Mike Williams, the Christopher Carroll special, Mike Williams. Um, LaVisca Chanel has been dropped in a lot of leagues. Uh, Sony Michelle and Leonard Fournette we may or may not get to. But uh, I don't know. Let's let's start. Well, and I was told I cannot talk about Jacques Patrick today, but I wasn't going to anyway. So there. Joke's on you, person who told me I couldn't talk about Jacques Patrick on today's show. Let's start with Tyson Williams. <laughs> um, I think he's interesting. I mean, like, look, I know he's not the buzzy name right now. He's not being picked up left and right by a bunch of people. Um, but I think, well, I assume we all just watched that game on Sunday night, and he just looked good. And I know we're not football scouts, but... You know, he's holding on to the ball with both hands when people started coming towards him. And this is in light of the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire thing, which I think will be a nice segue into that, which will then be a nice segue into Ezekiel Elliott. But um, Tyson Williams, I think, could be someone who, and people are talking about the same way Michael Carter, like, you know, he's going to take that backfield, the backfield's going to be his. Chris, let me just ask you this, to make a long story short. 
Is Tyson Williams a good buy opportunity right now? He looked good. He plays well. He's in a rushing offense. And the guys around him who are going to take away his playing time, you know, have all been cut or ignored by every other team in the NFL. He's in my starting lineups, and he has been since the start of the season. So there's there's no um, go pick him up. He's already rostered, Nando. Um, and holding on to the— No, right. That's why I said buy low. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I would be trying to acquire him in, in trades. And um, I like what I see also. It's annoying that they rotate Latavius Murray in so much, but— I think I said it last week. Tyson, he uh, passes the eye test, you know, a million times over. And uh, I was worried when he fumbled at the goal line um, the other night and uh, on that first touchdown as he was reaching to try and get over the the, uh, the goal line. Uh, they, they get the ball out of his hands and they score. I said, uh-oh, this might be Latavius Murray the rest of the way. But they went right back to him, and I love to see that. They acknowledged that he was by far their best runner, and uh, he catches the ball out of the backfield, and he looks smooth doing it. So I think he's here to stay. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I'd definitely be buying low. I'm a big Tyson fan, and I'm all in on him. What's his upside, Brandon? Is this? A, well, first of all, do you feel the same way? Yeah, I do. I wouldn't be surprised right. if, remember when I read the funky Week 16 people that won people championships? I think that's Tyson Williams' second half of the year. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, I think that's his upside. So, yeah, the the only downside for him is um, his quarterback, who is a running back, who um, I, I had it in my article uh, in terms of his rushing yards this this <laughs> just rushing yards this week. Lamar Jackson um, was in between Tony Pollard and Nick Chubb. He had more rushing yards than Nick Chubb this week. I, I just it's uh, it's tough. It's tough because that will never go to Williams. Um, but I do think that they have to start getting into a little more preservation mode with Jackson as the season goes on, especially with the extra game. They're going to have to say to him, dude, every once in a while, we got this Williams kid. You got to use him. So I do think that this is going to start transitioning a little more towards him. Um, the, I think that the offense is starting to click. Um, I don't want to ruin this, but we were going to talk a little bit about Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown and Watkins are it, guys. So, like, get one of them. Uh, that uh, This is what's going on there, and I think Marquise Brown is real. So um, they're going to have to use the passing game more. They're going to use other running backs because it can't just be the Lamar Jackson show. So that's his only downside, and I think that's going to shift. So that's how I feel about him. I like this Ravens offense. And like you said, it is kind of condensed now. I think, uh, well, first off, I, I tweeted out the other night, you know, obviously one year late on the Hollywood Brown, um, you know, being all in on him. I, I didn't go back in on him this year. Um, I liked other receivers on the draft board right where he was going, just like Mike Williams. Uh, we, we just mentioned Mike Williams in the in the uh, opening. Except for Hollywood Brown's been in the league way less than Mike Williams. Mike Williams is like a perennial, like, how old is this dude? <laughs> Mike, like yeah, Mike Brown Williams isn't is that a, old. It's his fourth year. Uh, Hollywood, you know, looks like the Hollywood we were all trying to get in on early last year. So, you know, he's the top target. Uh, we thought it would be Mark Andrews, but he's taken a back seat these first couple weeks. Uh, and I think you could safely start Hollywood Brown as a uh, you know a, a low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three now every week. And um, you know there's really nothing else until I think we're far away from Bateman coming back into this offense and seeing how he impacts it. But Sammy Watkins is uh, looking like uh, he could be flexed out some weeks also. So and they have a juicy matchup with the Detroit Lions this week. So. I like this Ravens offense going forward. Let me uh, let me ask just 
you know, we're going to go off in a couple directions here, but Marquise Brown to me and Henry Ruggs kind of hit the same. Okay, now like now I can buy in fully on them. I feel comfortable putting them in my starting lineup now. One you know, game? Without... One game for Ruggs and, and USA? Yeah. Remember last week you were, you were, you dropped Henry Ruggs everywhere, USA. No, I said I didn't. I said I didn't after I read Brandon Howard's uh, Well, I mean, so we can't just do it off of one game. Hollywood Brown came out and had two strong games. He's the top target in this Ravens offense. You know, maybe 1A, 1B with, with Mark Andrews. Henry Ruggs, he's definitely not the top target in the Raiders offense, you know, with Waller being there. And he's going, he was having a slow game up until he hit that bomb. You know, at the end of the day, the the stat line looks really good. And it's hopefully the start of the breakout Henry Ruggs campaign. But I don't think we could put them in the same category with each other, Nanda. Yeah, I don't I don't either. Well, that's hurtful. And I'll tell you why. Because, um, A, Brown's in more snaps. Uh, not a whole ton more. But in, in when you think about the uh, amount of offense that the Raiders have had to produce, he's just not in the same amount um, as opposed to the Baltimore Ravens. And then um, the uh, Edwards was got a touchdown taken away from him. Mm-hmm. Basically, I, I think that Edwards is still the dude above Ruggs. I don't think Watkins is anywhere close to the above Brown. Like, I don't I don't think it's debatable. And then, of course, Waller is way more involved, even though they tried to shut him out last week, which, by the way, that's going to be every defense's game plan. Moving it should forward. be. I don't know and why it, it took be. so long. I, it, like, we yeah. watched it all last year. Waller yeah, just team, kill everybody. There's certain yeah. teams where it's like, you know, I, I don't understand how the Packers – I mean, obviously, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, is unbelievable and he can find ways to get Adams open and, and play design. But if you're coming to play the Packers, how are you not rolling a safety over, double teaming, just taking Devontae Adams out of the game plan every week the same way I don't understand the same thing with Waller and the Raiders? And there's certain other teams just like that. But that yeah. amazes me when Devontae Adams puts up huge games still. It's like you should put everybody on on them well the reason why is because some defenses are not strong enough or built to double team the tight end and so they they take their chances and in those games waller's just going to take it all because there's there's just nothing else i mean why would they do anything else it's just so effective but when they can do that it's going to open up rugs so i think rugs is more of like a a spot start for me like it's really going to be matchup dependent um whereas brown i think you can have an and at least your flex almost every week Truly, I, I don't think there's anyone competing with him. I don't even think Andrews competes with him because it's just a completely different set of plays. Whereas Ruggs, like, it's going to be really dependent. Like, a team that gives up a lot of points to the tight end, I don't know if I'd touch Ruggs or Edwards at this point because they're just going to feed Waller and then just, like, eat. <laughs> He's just going to eat, you know? So I, I don't know. That that I think I feel differently about them. But I do think that if you uh, can get Ruggs, he's a good spot start. And listen, not everyone's a stud every week. <laughs> I think like after week two, everyone's freaking out. They're like, oh my gosh, this person wasn't perfect. I was like, yeah, because they're not going to be. All season, there'll be some ups and downs, peeps. Get it together. You don't have to say nice things about rugs now because you took Chris's side. It's fine. You two don't like him. I do. That's I'm okay with him, well, but he's don't not like Marquise who? Rugs? Brown. I love Rugs. Yeah, we but love you, Rugs, the, but he's not Brown. You brought up the topic of putting them in the same category. That was what yeah. we were saying. Well, I, I love Rugs. I have I Rugs like the same. on I, I probably 75% of my teams. I asked it wrong. I didn't mean the same tier, like they're totally equals. I meant I get the same feeling from after seeing them this week. I'm like, okay, I feel a little more confident putting them in my lineup. I see. Well, yeah. In good matchups, I feel good about Rugs. 
All right, fine. But I still would feel better about Edwards and Waller. Does that make sense? Speaking of Edwards. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Okay. Um, speaking of Edwards, I'd like to talk about Clyde Edwards Hilaire for a second. Oh. Um, because, yeah, I like, and I mean, this is the starting running back uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs. And in the preseason, uh, Nate Taylor, our Chiefs writer, when we asked for a sleeper from each team, he actually gave us Jarek McKinnon, which I found very interesting. Uh, McKinnon hasn't done a ton yet, but I mean... He never does. You could just see, like... But, I mean, they could be... I mean, he's not... He's barely playing. He's getting, like, one touch, I think, a game. But, I mean, you could see, like, them being just... I mean, Edward Solaire had just a terrible fumble. He's just not, I guess... I don't know. He's fallen into the Bishop Sankey category where everyone was just, like, all over this guy and loved him. And just he hasn't put it together. And it feels like he just kind of get phased out. <laughs> Remember when he was a first-round um, pick last year, Nando? And That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah, exactly. Top yeah. six overall as a rookie. I mean, this is a complete mess. Um, and it's trouble. If you drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire here in the second round where he was going, maybe in the high-stakes market, he started falling into the third round uh, the last week of drafts, which should have been assigned to most of us. Um, I grabbed him on a couple of my late teams just because I was like, all right, I got to take this value of getting, you know, someone in this Chiefs offense as a running back in the third round. And I'm going to be holding a grenade, I think, here. I'm very worried. Matter of fact, I'm benching him this upcoming week. I don't know how you could put him back in your starting lineup right now uh, unless you're really desperate at running back. I'm scared that they're going to start this game here and it's going to be a lot more Daryl Williams and Jarek McKinnon's going to find his snap percentage on the rise going forward um you know that fumble did cost them the game now is Andy Reid Bill Belichick no where you you know the running back fumbles and you never hear from him again no I'm hoping not um I hope they go right back to him Clyde Edwards-Alaire was playing a huge snap percentage but they don't even throw this kid the ball and that's what he was supposed to at least contribute his floor was supposed to be really safe catching four or five balls every week in this high-powered chief offense but you see Mahomes go screen passes run all these crazy plays and he doesn't even look at Edwards out of the backfield so it's frustrating did I think he was going to be a 20 carry a game running back no nobody did you know give him his 10 12 carries every week for 50 60 yards but at least contribute in the PPR leagues in the passing game. He didn't even get a sniff. So what are we dealing with here? Um, it's trouble ahead. And, uh, you know, for the time being, I have to bench him. And it's not good when in the third week of the season, you're benching your second or third round running back, especially how dire the running back position is already. The Chiefs, obviously, uh, in terms of rushing yards, you know, they're, they're toward the bottom of the league. There are teams below them. The Raiders, the Buccaneers, <laughs> um, and the Steelers. Okay, uh, and the Steelers have Najee Harris, which everyone keeps comparing him to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I don't think that's necessarily fair. They're just not running the ball at all, and Roethlisberger looks I don't, tragic. So I, I think that there's there's a lot to to kind of dissect in terms of also like what they're doing in terms of game planning, and they they're just not a run team. Period. Um, so they're not it, – it's just not good, and he's just not doing anything with it. And in my opinion, I think he's someone you take out of your starting lineup, but you hold because he doesn't have any value. And I think if he dropped – if he's been dropped, I think a lot of no, us have some – No, nobody's dropping Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Nobody's dropping people drop Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I no, saw it in one of my leagues. No, yep. no, no. Because people, because people are irrational. No, I, no. I just want to be clear. 
keep looking for these people as we move forward. People are going to start doing weird stuff. And it seems like Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the first buzzy Twitter drop this guy. He's not worth anything and anything guy. So just keep your eye out. And you might be able to get him for borderline free if you have a weird situation that you want to like get out of. I don't know. I, I, I'm, de- I'm debating whether I want to trade low for him. But I want to see what they do with McKinnon next week because his snap count did drop from the 70s to the 60s last week. So if it goes down to the 50s, then we're in really terrible territory here. But if he stays in the 60s, 70s next week, I think he might be a buy low, which I know sounds crazy and I'm the only person saying it. But I think that they have to run the ball eventually. They have to. They have to figure it out. So it's either with him or it's with McKinnon. But right now it still seems like it's him. Like you said, there is no McKinnon really, right? So we can't, it's hard. So, um, but just keep your eye out. People are doing really weird stuff with him and really hate him. So you may get him literally for like nothing, nothing. You just get him. It's really crazy out there. So I don't know. I I, I just don't think that they can, because again, they, you know, it's in Kansas City. It's going to get cold. It's a long season. They have to learn how to run the ball. They have to. Am I wrong? You know. No, actually, Casey Joyner in his column wrote, um, he, he actually, so he does a, a question about each team and gets into the statistical and uh, analytical breakdown of what's going on there. He points out the Chiefs have a week three matchup against the Chargers rush defense that just allowed 198 rushing yards to the Cowboys. Schedule is just as favorable after that as Kansas City faces only one red-rated rush defense. That's his rating system for the rush defense and pass defenses, the, the color yeah. coding. Um, one one red-rated rush defense the rest of the year, which is Washington in week six. Um, all these factors indicate it's too early to give up on Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And yeah. and listen, that t- and speaking of Dallas running all over the Chargers, that's another major problem with a major running back with with Zeke here. And if you're a Zeke owner like I am, um, we have some problems ahead. Not as extreme as you know the Clyde Edwards Hilaire one that we just spoke about, but this Tony Pollard is a problem. Uh, you know, for us Zeke owners. Pollard jumps off the screen. Uh, that was the concern in drafting Zeke this year was, you know, hey, Pollard just might be the better running back. And I think he is. Uh, matter of fact, I know he is based on what we see. He's just way more explosive. Here's the good news for us Zeke fellow owners. Zeke can still get his 15, 20 points every week because the offense is explosive. We're dealing with a really good offensive line. They're not going to go completely away from him, but is the snap percentage where you drafted Zeke in a top five running back off the board, like a Derrick Henry or a Dalvin Cook, where he's going to get 20, 25 touches every game going forward? No, but they're still going to give the veteran the respect of giving him his double-digit touches, and he can turn that into you know solid fantasy games uh, you know, going forward the rest of the year. Eh, you're going to look back and regret drafting Zeke over Derrick Henry and, you know, maybe an Alvin Kamara if you did that, probably. But um, it's it's getting a little dicey. And Tony Pollard, I think, is an RB2. Uh, and you can start him uh, going forward in fantasy. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So give me give me Pollard, Hilaire, uh, Edwards, Hilaire, and Henry Ruggs, and you get an open flex position of 0.5 PPR. What decision is the one that you make? One out of those three for this upcoming week? Yeah, pick one. Uh, I'd go right back to Pollard. So would I. Oh, all right. I Really? I wouldn't even think about it. But I mean, is it thinking here like they're they're just going to stop using Ezekiel Elliott completely? Nobody said that. Like, nobody no, said no, that. Then no. I, yeah, I know, but I mean, don't, that. that has to happen. No, I don't no, think pa- so. It could be a one-two punch where it's a 60-40 split, and the way they run the ball in this offense, Pollard can give you twelve carries for seventy-five yards and a touchdown with a couple catches, and that's RB two territory. Yeah, look at the RBs right now. It's not good. It's terrible, actually, already. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, let's be real here. There's not a lot of options. And we actually said this on this show, and so has everyone else, so I'm not going to take like credit for it. But like with the extra game, we've believed that there were going to be less total package bell cow RB1, no one else on the team, which is why we were telling you not to freak out when people like Sony Michelle came into the territory because you have to have a backup. And look, Daryl Henderson got hurt. Good thing they have Sony Michelle. This is how football works. You have to have that. A lot of running backs aren't going to be on the field for, you know, I mean, I, I I did this article. There's only one person that had over 95% of the snaps, and it was Najee Harris again. That's it. There are no guys that are on the field 100% and he's, of the time. And he's anymore. on the lowest rushing team in the NFL. Yeah. So who cares, you know? And so the problem is, is that they're not going to be on the field all the time. There are going to be other people involved. You need to figure out which of those people are going to actually produce in fantasy, and you're going to have to use them in your flex position because they're, they're just the bell cow thing is just tampered down, especially because everyone knows one extra game, it doesn't feel like much, but every every coach you know is very nervous about that, especially on teams like the Cowboys who want to make it to the postseason. So they're like, I'm not going to make Ezekiel Elliott do 100% of these snaps in week two. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, and and that is true. You, you could be looking at situations like that where early in the season, and even McCarthy said that you know in August, which scared Zeke. You know, people that were buying in on Zeke that, hey, we're not going to run him into the ground early in the season. We have two solid backs here and and he's staying true to his word. And why not? If Especially that Tony Pollard is looking better than Ezekiel Elliott right now in this offense. So that's not going away. But guys, I really think the story coming out of week two for me was how bad the running back position is and yep. how desperate it's looking already across the board. I mean... Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones really saved the running back position for the people that are saying, hey, let's go heavy running back early or bell cow early. Um, But other than Derrick Henry and, you know, uh, Christian McCaffrey is obviously the safest as safe can be. If you had the number one pick this year and you got CMC, you have a huge advantage. And the people that were moving Derrick Henry down the board, there was a lot of drafts that I was in where Derrick Henry seemed to be the guy that nobody really wanted in the first round and it kept falling to that 8, 9, 10 spot. That's a major mistake, it looks like, because he is the definition of a bell cow. 
But other than that, I mean, you look into the second round, it was and just McCaffrey. Terry. Huh? McCaffrey's worked out. Well, yeah, I just, yeah, I said, you know, if you, there was a major advantage, McCaffrey being the one spot. But there's no, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, not Davenport, uh, Harris, all, all these guys that were so, Gibson, uh, we could just go on and on and on. It's looking really bad. Um, it, it's, it's dire right now, the running back position. Hey, Chris, I got a question for you. Uh, you ignored my text, so I don't think this counts as me revealing your text on air. I always ignore your text, though, Nando. <laughs> I sent you a tweet. I sent you a tweet from our good friend Glenn Lowy, and uh, in that he mentioned something like he'd gotten Derrick Henry as the number nine and like the number eleven um, in a couple mm-hmm. drafts. And I like, I, how did that like how did that happen? I, I was just like, I'm like, he can't. That can't be right, right? Like. Henry really slipped to nine and eleven in some drafts. Uh, I mean, PPR uh, no, he, he explained no, it later. Just, he did you he just, said his PPR. What? Yeah, I mean, I just said yeah, that, he, that that in all the drafts I, I was in, he was falling to eight, nine, ten, eleven range. People just were concerned coming off back to back years of having three hundred plus touches. They thought it would finally catch up to him in year three. Um, you know, the offense changing with Arthur Smith not being around and people believing with Julio Jones coming in that maybe this Tennessee offense would become more of a pass-happy or more pass-friendlier offense uh, than it has been in the years past. Add to the fact that we already see how bad their defense is, that maybe Tennessee plays in higher-scoring games and falls behind more and what is that going to do to Derrick Henry when they're down maybe 10, 14 points? Is he going to come off the, the field ball? Who expected him to get these six targets like he did these past this past week and, and has shown in the first couple games that they're throwing to him out of the backfield? If Henry becomes a, a PPR-type running back that is getting targets every week like this and catching four or five balls and never leaves the field, well, hey— Derrick Henry and CMC will be right there neck and neck, and they should have been one, two off the board. Throw Dalvin Cook into the mix, obviously, but I mean, it's a major mistake letting him fall to the middle and end of round one. Yeah, I gobbled him up. He's on like most of my leagues, and I just want to point out week one, he had four targets, caught all of them. Week two, six targets, caught all of them. So it's not even that like they're just feeding him targets and he's not doing anything with it. He is actually a good pass catcher right now that they're using so um that's fantastic news for people that have him on the team obviously you can't buy him right now because <laughs> his price is through the roof and if you either have him or you don't so i'm not quite sure if this like helps any of our <laughs> listeners per se because like hey na 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 you don't have him but uh maybe you know so uh but the good news is that this is something to learn about next year too if someone's on the field all the time Draft him, period. Mm. Don't try to project out like he's going to fall away. I don't care if he's getting 20-plus touches per game. There are so few of those, I didn't care. Even if he didn't do everything, it was still a great option because of the touches. So we're talking Derrick Henry and the volume, and you're right. That's, you know, that's king, um, you know, to get these volumes. But two running backs. Number one, the, the Nick Chubb only got 11 carries this past week versus the Houston Texans. That is a disgrace. That needs to change in a hurry or else Chubb isn't going to live up to the hype. Yeah, we should write a letter like, to the coach. Luckily, luckily, he gets in the end zone again and gets his yardage late in the game and, and, you know, saves his stat line. But it was ugly all day long. On the flip side of that, though, I have to talk about and bring up my boy. Joe Mixon again. He's the only running back right now in the NFL that has 40 
routes run as well as 40 carries. Um, so when we're talking about running backs that I feel can still going forward be a top five back based on the volume, such as a, a Henry, Dalvin Cook, CMC, I think Joe Mixon is still in play here. I know uh, you know he struggled this past week, as did the whole Bengals offense. Uh, they took a major step back, and, and he only had about eight or nine fantasy points. But um, I still have really high hopes for Joe Mixon. He would be my number one. You know, go buy him on all your leagues uh, if people are trying to sell him right now. I wonder if anyone would be trying to sell Joe Mixon. Like for you to have actually drafted Joe Mixon, he's not like the kind of guy who fell to you. He's the kind of guy you kind of you know you went after, you targeted. So I wonder if there's that kind of like that that factor of people not wanting to sell him. I don't know. You can only one way to find out, Chris. You're right, Nando. I feel like a broken record because I just keep saying the Cincinnati offense, everyone was so high on them. They're going to be up and down all season. I, I, I just think this is a, a pattern. I don't, I don't, that's my, that's my only hesit. That was my hesitation with Joe Mixon from the get go. But I, uh, but I agree. It, his volume made it not matter. He's not leaving the uh, field. Because, no. Yeah, he's never going to leave the field. He's like one of the top players. But uh, that's why I didn't have any of the wide receivers because I was like, yo, this is up and down. This is all over the place. I don't think they have any idea. Uh, yeah, I think this is going to be consistent. They de- they, I want uh, this is a huge week if you're invested in the Bengals offense like I am. Um, you know, they they go to Pittsburgh. Hopefully, they don't struggle. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh's a little beat up on the defensive side of the ball here. Hopefully, Watt and Hayden maybe miss this game and give the Bengals offense a little bit more of a break. After this week, though, if you look at the Bengals schedule. It opens up big time. They have a lot of bad teams and weak defenses ahead for like the next six out of seven weeks after this. So better days ahead for this Bengals offense. And I'm licking my chops because these kids are all studs. T. Higgins is a monster. And Jamar Chase, everybody forgot about his concerns in the offseason. He's hit the ground running. He's well on his way to rookie of the year um, in, in my book. And uh, Tyler Boyd, uh, don't forget about him. Um, you know, seven for seventy-three this week. I think that'll be his stat line most weeks. And if he gets in the end zone, he'll be a solid wide receiver, two or three. Man, you just made me think of John Ross. Why? Oh, John Ross. <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't know because when he signed with the Giants, I was like, oh, that could be an interesting no. move. <laughs> it's it's he's yeah. done. It, it was not. Yeah. yeah, that was. I was sorry. I was just thinking about you know, little old me, what five months ago, be like, oh, John Ross. Got to mark that one down mm-hmm. for later. Um, he's on IR, but yep. I mean, it's just, anyway, sorry. Let's talk Zach Moss. Speaking of John Ross, let's talk Zach Moss. Um, Brandon, let's start with you. Uh, what, like, what are we doing here? I remember fantasy Twitter was all over his, uh, his fumble early in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I, and then I, th- so I think that the, the events were he fumbled. Actually, I think Singletary did that crazy run. Then Moss fumbled. And then you turn around and you're like, oh, Zach Moss had two touchdowns and people are you know, targeting him as a pickup. And like that was a that was a very strange series of events. Um, where does that leave us right now with Zach Moss as fantasy players? Desperate flex territory. Pick him up if he's there. Best of luck to you. <laughs> he only had eight right. carries. I, I I don't know. I'm shocked they went back to him late in the game, especially how good Singletary looked uh, and has looked the first couple of weeks of the season. I you know I thought it was established that it's Singletary was, was the lead back. What? Once it? it became a route, then they were out. They don't, they, that's the thing. Like Especially with this long season, I feel like these games where it's 35-0, why would you have Singletary continue? Yeah, maybe that is load? a better sign for Singletary going forward that, you know, at the yeah. end of the game. But um, 
uh, Moss is nothing more than what Brandon just said. It's just a, a stash uh, on your bench, and maybe there's an injury to Singletary, but um, that's about it right now. He's not a he's not a star a viable starter. Yeah, I mean, he only had two targets. He caught both of them, so that's nice. Um, but it was only for eight yards. Uh, and then, like, he only ran 26 yards on eight carries. It was a route. Once Tua was out, it just got ugly, and I think it just was a funky game. So unless they injure another quarterback by accident, I, I don't know how that all works out. I, I just – I don't. Fair. But congrats I just to want him. to make sure – well, I, th- I felt like I was missing something because they're like, you know, you, you read stuff after the games and up until the show today, and it's like, oh, Zach Moss, you know, he's an ad. Like, why? Well, because running backs are so bad. And if something happens to Singletary, he's showing at least he can get into the end zone. I, I, I'm not like against him, but he's just a, he's just a stash. He's not, he only paid in 28% of the snaps. He was inactive last week. I, you know, it's just certainly not yeah. someone that I'm like, ooh, I really must have. It's just like a oh, okay. just a very strange, yeah, very strange treatment of Zach Moss, who three weeks ago we thought would just be like oh timeshare. That's very simple. Next, next team, and now it's just like this bizarre circus of you're right of being inactive and then fumbling and then scoring touchdowns and I don't know. Very strange two games. I'm gonna bounce down to the to the middle here. I want to talk about San Francisco because I like this one gets weirder as the days go by. Elijah Mitchell's hurt. Eli Mitchell on Yahoo. Um, they brought in Jacques Patrick. Trenton Cannon uh, was actually, I think he was an Emory Hunt sleeper. A couple there of he is, the, the weekly team. Emory Hunt mention, Brandon. <laughs> That's right. Brought it in again. I don't know why you don't like There should be a bell. Like there should be a bell that rings every week. when, when We love Emory. Yeah. Hugs why don't Emory, you get a bell? We'll, starting next week. Go. All right. Have you ever hung out with him? Of I think course. you'd like him. I do like him. Everyone likes him. I do. It's strange how you don't I, like him. It's, it's just strange that you say that, but it has nothing to do. I I very much like Emery Hunt. I have hung out with him. He's great. I just I find it funny that every week you find a way to get his name in on every show. I don't know. I've mentioned Casey Joyner and Brandon Howard every week. You haven't complained about them. It's just weird. Yeah, strange. <laughs> anyway. But you're right. <laughs> it, there's a lot going on, um, and you... Uh, bring up a, a really good point about this this canon character who had we, we really haven't seen. Um, but this is why we have backup running backs. Again, this is why you don't freak out when people bring other people in because things happen. Um, but I did think that that it looked like Elijah Mitchell was the guy. I mean, the good news is that if it he's did, healthy, right? he he looked great, and I, I thought that was it. That we're good. So um, it sounds like he's going to play, though. Am I wrong? Am I, did I miss? No, Mitchell's fine. M- Mitchell got a little bit of a stinger, uh, and he missed some time, and then everything fell apart. Like Sermon gets a concussion, and then Hasty is done Oof. with a high ankle sprain. But uh, <laughs> the whole 49ers backfield just everybody got hurt. But I will say... It's just weird. Uh, Vaccaro, I know you don't want me to talk about Jax Patrick, but he was taken, brought in by um, from the Bengals practice squad, which means he is required to count against the 53-man roster for three games. Mm-hmm. So he is there for three weeks at least. So if you're in a really weird... Especially, I, I know I'm in some dynasty leagues where like <laughs> you have these huge rosters and there's all this weird stuff. He is worth a pickup um, for three weeks if you need to like um, be super desperate or just to see like what happens because he, he will be there for three weeks. That is going to happen. Okay. Um, I mean, Trey Sermon with the concussion most likely doesn't play this week, but 
then you got to figure he's back in the mix the sec- uh, next week. So then you'll have Mitchell and then Sermon as a one-two punch. Cannon's been in been in there now for a week. I thought Trent Can- I thought Cannon ran really well the couple carries he got with the Ravens a, a few weeks ago in, in week one. He could come in and contribute. So I don't really know how this kid Jack Patrick is gonna you know come into the mix other than just bring him in for some depth. Uh, that's the way I would see the the um, you know the pecking order here. Jeff Wilson's about I don't know he's supposed to come back by week six or seven or week seven. Um, so maybe he's oh, a I think stash. It'll be longer than that, right? What'd you say? I think it'll be longer than that. Uh, right? I mean, listen, it was a four to six month timetable, and he got surgery on his torn meniscus in May, so that puts him at around a November first. Um, you know, time frame, supposedly. If you have IR, get so, Jeff Wilson and just put him on yeah. that IR spot, baby. It's, it's not this, the worst move. Is, it's not the worst move, especially when you look up and you see how bad the running back position is. You could be in week 8, 9, 10, and, and, and Jeff Wilson could be maybe the lead back here of this offense if he comes back healthy. So... Uh, that's just, you know, down the road. Those are deeper leagues. But um, if you spent a ton of money like everyone did in the high stakes market on on Mitchell last week and you were disappointed with a seven fantasy points last week, well, hey, uh, you might be, um, you know, you, you get another shot at glory this week because he should get all the touches. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a... Mm, real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. I want to talk Mike Williams. Yeah. Um, because this is like, it's finally, it feels like it's finally happening. And I just want to like, like knock on wood as loud as I can because I like Mike Williams. Um, this is a new offense. You know, this isn't the same charge, the Anthony Lynn Chargers offense. This is a, a New Orleans Saints style Lombardi offense that it seems to have brought Mike Williams to life. And a lot of people are comparing it to um, uh, Michael Thomas. Like, that's his, he's the Michael Thomas of this offense. How I mean is is this the Mike Williams, and it sucks at seventeen games now because you got to extrapolate or whatever. But 
if this was still, if we're talking in the context of a 16 game season, is this like the Mike Williams 1350 yard, 10 touchdown season? Like everyone's going to be all over him as a, you know, top three round pick next year. Is this, is this the season we're going to get from him or is it just small sample? All I could say is I, I'm trying to temper my expectations, but I'm just so excited from what I've seen the first two weeks. He is probably one of my highest owned wide receivers in fantasy. I was all in on the rebound here. One last time I had to give it one last shot, but for where he was going off the board and the way I viewed this offense and the coaching change and everything, it's all coming to fruition right now. And, you know, back to back 22 and a half point fantasy games in PPR. I don't see any reason how this kid isn't seven for 90 and a touchdown. It's him and Keenan Allen and then everybody else. It's a high powered offense. Uh, they move him all over the field. He's catching balls underneath. He can go deep. The focus is still on Keenan Allen. Um, I, I love everything about Mike Williams from what I'm seeing this year. I just hope it continues because for where he came off the draft board, I really think he could be that difference maker in, in leagues this year at the wide receiver position. There's always those guys, and I've been saying it all week to friends and everything. I think the two biggest difference makers for where they came off the board this year right now are Mike Williams and Sterling Shepard. Two guys that you drafted as your number four or five, and that could be wide receiver twos. So that's the biggest difference I see right now on my teams that are successful compared to the ones that are struggling, as well as other people's teams. Is You have Mike Williams or Sterling Shepard, and they're in your flex position. It, it makes your depth at the receiver position just so much deeper, and um, I hope it continues for both of them going forward. Vicaro, what's your column going to be about Mike tonight? Williams. Sneak preview. Mike Williams. Is I, no, I got a I'm feeling. Joking. Yeah, it seems no, like, I'd say, sounded very rehearsed. What's my column going to be about? I, I hit on a hundred different topics, Nando. How I don't have one main focus. I mean, sometimes you got you got a top ten list, and sometimes you write you know a couple paragraphs up top, like the game of the week and one guy who's yeah. I mean, uh, that, that, all that yeah. stuff will be in there. I definitely want to talk about this Arizona offense tonight uh, in my article this week, and just my obsession with it, and how I just think it went to another level this year, and how I think that there's, I think Kyler Murray is. If I was drafting again. Right now, I would make Kyler Murray my QB1, and that's even over Pat Mahomes. Oh, wow. Well, he is the QB1 in two weeks in a row. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think that's a hot take, Nando, to be honest with you. It's it's just the offense with Rondell Moore, and believe it or not, I mean, it it sounds bad, but even A.J. Green being out there just as an extra target, and now you add in this kid at tight end, Max Williams, who, you know, we didn't think they would be a tight end in this there's just too many weapons to, you know, to keep contained. And every week, Kyler Murray's just going to be an easy 30-plus points, especially with his rushing ability. This offense has just gone to another level. It's the number one offense in football. Um, I, I want to buy everybody in, in this offense except the running backs. I also want to say that this is the first – there's only one other time in Mike Williams's career that he's had two back-to-back double-digit target games mm-hmm. ever ever yeah the targets are so there. um you know if if you get 10 and 12 targets in two weeks in a row you are a fantasy asset period and stop again volume is king mm-hmm. this is the same thing for wide receivers um he's also playing in about 75 percent of the snaps and uh, i think that's great in terms of arizona i'm just gonna tack on to that yeah it's good and um i i agree i think that um 
any piece of that offense feels really lucky right now. <laughs> you know, you're like, mm-hmm. yay. So um, I think that's, you know, real. And uh, I feel very good about the teams that I have those people on. And I just think that what we're seeing here is, again, the first two weeks is just basic. I, I kind of like just looking at it as a, like, strategy and, like, basic fantasy football, like, knowledge reinforcement, right? Volume is king. Being on the football field is king because if you had read, I know my article where I said, you know, Michael Pittman was on the t- on the field the whole time, another like he was primed for a breakout. Yeah, yeah I was like, you guys, don't give up on these dudes, you know. So look at the snap counts, look at the volume, and then if a team is has a good offense that's going to score a lot of points, there are also a lot of fantasy points there. Sometimes you just got to do it basic, right? It's just true. The the Mike Williams thing is, I'm, I think I touched on it last week. There is no established third receiver this year in this offense. Everybody was hoping for the Josh, you know, the Palmer kid to, to hit the ground running. Really hasn't happened. So lack of a third receiver uh, there. Jared Cook is going to contribute as that third option, but... It's Mike Williams and Keenan Allen every week. I love offenses like that. I love to concentrate on offenses that just don't have a solid third receiver. Kind of like the Vikings, you know? The kid Osborne is coming along, but once Herb Smith went out of that offense now, there's really no tight end to talk about. There's no solid third receiver. It's all Jefferson and Thielen, and every week it's going to be hard to not see both of these guys fill up the box score. So I look at the Chargers offense— just like that. And that's why Mike Williams was such an automatic pick for me on the draft board for where he was going. Let's touch on Pittman real quick. It was so great to see him as someone that's heavily invested in Pittman. (laughs) It's so great to see him bounce back after week one. My concern with Pittman now is the whole Carson Wentz thing. I need Carson Wentz there to continuously go back to Michael Pittman uh, week in and week out. But you look at that offense you know, Paris Campbell didn't play this week. He's banged up. Uh, Jack Doyle's reestablished himself in this offense a little bit, but I don't see how every week Michael Pittman isn't a 10 target, uh, you know, wide receiver and the top option in the pass game. And for where he was coming off the board as well, um, you know, he's got to be rolled out as, uh, you know, a safe flex play every week we talked about marquise brown earlier that's the reason why i really don't have any hollywood brown shares is because it was all mike williams and mike Pittman for me in that same round range right there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i don't i don't know what to talk about chris oh, sorry. No, i'll let you yeah, i'll let you jump in there the nando i forgot you were even yeah, hosting we'll the show nando but yeah. uh, <laughs> me and brandon will take it from here we're just like we're just vibing yeah no but carson wentz what like he needs like an exorcism Oh, we need to like uh, get that vibe off. What is going on? Two mm-hmm. sprained ankles. What? And that was another storyline of of week two. It was all the crap quarterbacks going down, right? It was you know. Well, Tua screwed. Tua screwed basically well, all my Tua, teams. Tua is now out for week oh. three. He's he just got ruled out for week three with ribs. So I guess those ribs are a little more. I think actually I just saw fractured ribs. So he might miss some time. Tyrod Taylor, you Nando's reading, boy. Are you Twitter during Say our show. Again? You read Twitter during our show? You're yeah. Not paying attention? Uh, just like you weren't when I talked about Derrick Henry uh, going 8, 9, 10, and then your follow-up comment was, hey, Chris, Derrick Henry was going 8, 9, 10 in drafts. <laughs> no, exactly. I said 9 and 11. I said Glenn Lowy so tweeted anyway, 9 and 11. So uh, anyway, that was the story. You know, Tyrod Taylor is out. Carson Wentz banged up. Uh, who else am I forgetting? Derek Carr got hurt a little bit. 
Um, Andy Dalton, came and back. that was Dalton, not the way they go. wanted Fields to start. There you go, oh. uh, Brandon. That was oh, who I was Fields. missing. So all the back-end quarterbacks uh, got banged up in week two, and that was another uh, storyline as we head into week three. Yeah, but we still have Darnold. We still have Teddy Bridgewater. We still have some hotness for the streaming, mm-hmm. but the streaming did Our get cousins. thin. Yeah, but but it got thin. I, you it know, did. Those of us that were like, Ryan Fitzpatrick's gone, Tua. Like, a lot of the hot dudes that we were like, yeah, I can just stream one of these guys all year. Uh, whoops. So mm-hmm. just make sure that you're getting one of those little goodies that are still out there. And I do want to say, not because I'm a homer, but like, you know, the Denver Broncos for fantasy production is pretty good for where you took everybody. Can you imagine if pretty Judy was still in that offense? Can you imagine if Judy oh, was still in that beautiful. offense? It'd be a beautiful Brandon. thing. So, you know, just... It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, no, I can't. I it's a, it blows my mind. I'm just so and on cloud nine. How am I two and zero? How is my team two and zero? It just hasn't happened. It's a so solid much. team. It's a solid defense. They lost Bradley mm-hmm. Chubb now to surgery, so I wonder if that defense takes a step back. But you don't want to see your wide receivers going up against this Denver secondary. That's something to keep an eye on early season, and you're starting to see how Javante Williams is turning over in this backfield. I think this backfield will he will be the lead dog. Uh, maybe three, four weeks from now, and he's definitely a, a high buy for me right now. Yep. Big time. What do you think happens to Melvin Gordon? I still think it'll be a split. Um, I just think as the weeks go on, they'll start slowly turning the backfield more over to Williams. But um, it's kind of a Dallas Cowboys situation here, you know, where the, the you know the young kid is is the better option, and uh, they need to get him the ball more. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen because, well, I'll tell you what the huge difference is. A, no one drafted Melvin Gordon within the same sphere as Ezekiel Elliott. So no one feels that bad about having Melvin Gordon. It wasn't a massive sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas people with Ezekiel Elliott are like, (laughs) you know, you're kind of like, eh, you know, I could use Melvin Gordon in the flex or not. Uh, And then uh, I still think they're going to try to use the both of them um, the whole time. But there is still this like, veteran thing going on there so i i think still the people the problem with williams is that he was the one everyone started taking early right so you actually feel worse about that than you did about taking melvin gordon it's the inverse of what happened with the cowboys Mm -hmm. right where you're like i got tony pollard for free but ezekiel elliott is sharing with my dude so it's a it's the inverse but i think that either way um they they're not they're, they're running the ball quite a bit, but it doesn't feel like it when you're watching the games. Like, they're in the top 5 to 10 on and pretty much every rushing stat in the um, NFL, but that should make us feel bad about running backs again. I want to be really clear. It's bad out there. Because <laughs> like, mm. I, I was looking at the teams, and I was like, wait, how are the Denver Broncos that high up? But they are. It looks like they'll both be like 10 to 12 carries a game each type running backs. And, you know, uh, yeah. it's... It's tough to rely on these guys, but, you know, like you said, it's, it's you know, we're getting desperate here for RB2s. Yeah, so I'm not quite sure Williams is ever going to take over because I don't think that's how they want to run the offense. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, it's not that he's not I, as I'm good. I'm not saying but... that, Brandon. What I'm saying is I think as the weeks, you know, like we saw week one, it was pretty 50-50. This week it was more Javante Williams. I, I think as the, the gap will start opening up more between Williams to Gordon, where Gordon takes a little bit of a seat back, where maybe we look up in week 8, 9, 10, and it's Williams with like a 70-30 split or a 65-35, whereas, you know, people thought, 
you know, coming into the season, maybe that Gordon would be the, you know, the vet that, you know, was starting and getting the majority of the carries and Williams was taking like a little bit more of a backup role. I think that'll flip around. They're exactly Listen, 13 carries a piece in week two. Yeah. Isn't the worry a lot? And this is how I, this is how I've reshaped my game a little bit later in life. These rookies, um, like you, it's the same refrain, like they can't pass protect or their footwork's off or, you know, they're having trouble handling, getting the handoff mm-hmm. or the, I don't know, like I, you watch Latavius Murray and he was so good at play action. It just amazing at like faking the handoff and running, you know, from whatever angle you looked at on the replays and everything. It's, it scares me off a little bit from like this particular situation, like this exact situation where you have the veteran who had a good year last year under the same offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer. And Javante Williams comes in, and you're like, you know what? Maybe he's got pass protection. No, he doesn't. He's he actually be... is a great pass protector. Well, no, so that's thing, yeah. that's the positive for him to be out there, Nando. That's why he's I getting the more insane. playing time. Is right, and that's yeah. that's my point. Yeah. yeah, I just think it's more um... Glenn Lowy. Oh my God, were you in this Glenn Lowy thing? Oh my God. I think it's more that this is how they want to run the offense. I don't think this has anything to do. Um, I think that they're they're delighted that um, you know Williams is doing as well as he is, but I don't think they have any intention, no matter how great he is, to use him in a bell cow manner. Is my point. That's what I think because that's what I'm seeing. And you know, if you look at Melvin Gordon's snap counts, he he played fifty percent in week one. 59% in week two, and then Williams played 50% in week one, and he actually only played 41% in week two. So it's the opposite, but he had an impact. He had almost doubled the amount of yards with the exact same amount of carries, but that was also based off of what the play was and what the defense was. It's not just, you know, oh, he just played better. I mean, you could say with the eye test, but still, like, a lot of times in terms of, like, the full box and everything else. So I just think this is how it is moving forward. So I just want to temper expectations, even though Williams looked great, and I think that's exciting. I don't think they're ever going to get to the point where he's playing, like, 80-plus percent of the snaps, unless Melvin Gordon gets hurt. So the, the whole pass protection with rookie running backs comes into play with, like, a, a running back now with Michael Carter. Now, you see Michael Carter. Nobody wanted Michael Carter late in draft season. He was falling down the draft board. But now the season gets going. Tevin Coleman is a zero. Uh, Ty Johnson looks like a solid back, but it looks like this jet backfield is starting to slowly turn over into a two-man, uh, one-two punch with Michael Carter and Ty Johnson. So that's another rookie running back that I have higher expectations for. I'd be trying to buy low right now on Michael Carter. I think it's another backfield where you look up in a couple of weeks and Carter's on the field, maybe 60 70%, and uh, you could stop playing him uh, real shortly in your fantasy lineup. Uh, he struggled, you know, the word on him, why he was so down on the depth chart was pass protection, uh, as a rookie running back and with a rookie quarterback, they're not going to put that combination out there with a rookie running back. That's bad at pass protection and, and Zach Wilson, but he's shown it now through the first couple games that Carter can handle that a little bit more than people expected. And, uh, he's passing the eye test big time, especially this past week versus the Patriots and the pass protection in week one. I mean, (laughs) Poor guy got sacked five times, mm-hmm. right? So they needed 
pass protection. So of course it made sense to get people in there to just to try to, you know, save this young man's life. I mean, that's really what that was. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, you're not going to put a rookie running back out there when your quarterback's getting mauled. So at Mm. that, that week, Michael Carter only played in 25% of the snaps. Well, of course, because they were literally concerned for Zach Wilson's being. So uh, yeah, I completely agree. In those cases, it's matter. It matters, but I don't think that's the problem. I just think again, a game plan. And that's why when you watch the games, you can see, is this the rotation? Is this, is this kind of their thing? And I think that that's the difference. And that's why also, you know, we talked about it, especially with the extra game. I think that people are going to share the load across the board. So get place, get players. I know it's fluky touchdowns, but get players on good offenses because they're more likely to score touchdowns and give you a benefit. Sorry. That's the way it's going to be. I like it. Get tough. Get tough. Uh, I think we're pretty much, I think we're pretty much out of time. Um, Sorry, LaVisca Chenault and Chester Rogers and <laughs> Kenny Galladay. Well, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about next week. Um, Marlon Mack, I wanted to get into it. I didn't put him in the rundown. I don't want to talk about Marlon Mack. Trade candidate Marlon Mack, probably, right? Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, again, yeah. what's going on with yeah, Wentz? I don't know if you can do anything with Indianapolis players in general until we find out what's going on with Wentz, right? Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think Wentz will miss too much time, if any at all. You know, it's a couple of rolled ankles that are, you know, he's just, it's just a pain tolerance. And hopefully as the week goes on and get closer to game time, they shoot him up and he's out there. So uh, higher uh, higher expectations for Wentz to play soon. All I want to say is cheers to the boring guy, Marvin Jones, though. I know you want to talk about LaVishka Chanel, but let's just give high fives to Mr. Boring Marvin. Marvin Jones, you are taking boring to the hotness. Good for you. And and on the flip side of that, everybody was in on LaVisca Chanel. He was mm-hmm. like the hottest player on the draft board in my in, in high stakes drafts. Um, it looks like a, a big whiff for the high stakes players, honestly, uh, early in the season here. But I'm more excited about the receiver. I was also in on three rounds later than LaVisca Chanel, and that's DJ Chark. He bombed out this past week. Um but I'm going right back to him. And I think this offense is built around Chark and Marvin Jones going forward. Um, they say that LaVisca Chenault should be ready to go for this week. Kind of hoping he was going to miss some time with that AC joint sprain. Doesn't look like it'll happen. But if that's an offense where... He's a real person, man. Uh, is, okay. So send him a get well basket or something like I that. Might. I mean, for, Yeah, I might. I, I didn't wish anything ill on him. I'm hoping he misses a week or two. He could sit out for our benefit, can he? For the for the Marvin Jones and, and DJ Chark owners or for his of the world, benefit, Nando, so that he, he can, can heal. Yeah, heal up. Yeah. That's all. That's yeah. what I'm more worried about him. Don't go out there and risk further injury. There you go. So hopefully those two guys, um, you know, benefit more if Lavisca misses uh, this week. All right. On that note, for real, we gotta go. Okay. We've hit the uh, we've hit the limit. Thank you all for joining us. I hope this is helpful and enjoyable and uh, informative. Shout out to Glenn Lowy. Um, for Chris Vaccaro and Brandon Marianne Lee. Yo. I'm not an Afino. Uh, shout out to Derek Van Riper for producing this show and I think putting some comments in the rundown, unless I did them in a fever dream. Uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody.